Supreme game taking over, that's a promise, not a threat. So, and then also we had another card, you know, on there, like, you know, um, that what else happened on, on Saturday night from top rank. And this one was just more or less, I think it's probably, I don't know, one will probably call it a throwaway card, but it didn't have any throwaway fights like that, like on there. You know, of course, we're talking about um, F.A. Ajaba, you know, he's, you know, uh, facing uh, Joseph Godot, who's coming off his brutal upset. Of uh, Stephen Shaw, you know, and let's say you know, it's, and let's say like there's no, there's there's nothing wrong with a heavyweight fight. I mean, everyone loves a heavyweight fight. It's you know, if the heavyweight you know, especially is swinging and punching and knocking somebody out. <laughs> You're right. Straight yeah. up, yeah. You know, but this but this card though did. I mean, the undercard did have some stuff on there. Like it was it was a it was a very. Um, uh, it, 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 there was some upsets. Uh, there was one of Salas too. I know um, Luki mentioned. Um, I think it's Angel Angel. I always say it's either one of uh, Rabola, you know, and you know, upsetting Omar Rosario by decision. And that was in you know, and that was a good. That was a really, really, really good fight. Um, the Rosario, the Puerto Rican guy, that lost to zero. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that did, was, that you, was, did you catch that Morales fight? That guy, that guy, Lacey should have won, bro. Yeah, no, I, I call all. Yeah, I call all the. Yeah, this shit was. Yeah, Morales was Morales. I've seen him struggle before, and I was like, okay, this guy Lacey, is a big dude from Indiana, undefeated. You notice that whenever PBC faces, I mean, whenever I'm um, top ranked faces, uh, you know, their prospect faces somebody who's undefeated, it's a different type of fight than fighting the, the jobber, you know, the five and three guy. Yeah, like uh, Antonio Morales. Like honestly, I don't think I, I don't. I know they want to push him because you know he's a Mexican, he's heavyweight, and he's six nine. But dude gives dude doesn't impress me at all. Like nothing about him impresses me. Like you know, there's something, there's something about him that's just like he reminds me of he reminds me of a Mexican Ty Fields, and that's not a that's not a good flattering comparison. That's true. Yeah, no, no, that's not. And and that guy Lacey, I saw an interview after the fact. Seems really down to earth. Talks like a, a nigga. <laughs> but either way, <laughs> yeah, he does. He should have won that fight, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Like he he won that four two. You know what I'm saying? But he kind of let off. I guess he let off in the end. And and know. the funny thing is too, Lacey is uh, Skylar Lacey is not even that damn good either. Like you know, he's not. But he he's was. But he was. He was basic boxing Morales' head off until he got tired. He was better than Morales. Yeah, I think if, if it wasn't for Morales hitting, like um, hurting him late in the fight, Lacey probably should have won that fight by decision. He should have. We should. He should have won the fight. But I, I think the judges looked at because Lacey was the one that was getting hurt near the end of the fight. Yeah, but hung on. Yeah, he hung on. He fumbled in the bag. Yeah, but if I if I had to put money on um on uh, who. On who uh, who's the next top ranked prospect to lose to zero? That's gonna it's gonna be that guy. <laughs> that, that guy, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I I I don't I don't see it. I do not see it with that dude at all. Like, not even yeah. not even a little bit. I mean, he's basically Guido's better boxer than him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Guido's yeah, clearly it, a better boxer than him. You know what I'm saying? Guido lost his zero, so it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's only a matter of time because I I because I said because his level right now is like. He should be brutally knocking. Uh, if, if he was the guts, he should be brutally knocking out these guys, and he's not. I mean, he is, he, but he, he's not. It doesn't look like he's. It looks like he's. He's struggling, struggling. <laughs> majorly, yeah, majorly. 
Yeah, and then... Because even the fight before this and a couple fights before, he was in struggle mode. So it's like, yeah, nah. Yeah. You're about to lose your zero. Yeah, and then there was another fighter on there too that you know that that I that should be more to be moved up, Lindolfo Delgado. Like that guy should be that guy is ready for a big fight because, like I said, le- um, last year him and Omar uh, Aguilar, like you know, those those two went to war. Like, that might be one of the best eight round wars I- I've seen in a in a long fucking time. Which Delgado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't. But then he hasn't really built up since then, except yet, except Saturday. He hasn't really followed up with that. Should I say? Yeah, because because I, I was thinking they would try to step up his competition because you know he fights at one forty. So I was like, you know, put him in there. You know, they. I mean, he had some fights after that, and you know they were they were uh you know they were cool or whatever. But he didn't really make a good impression. You know, like that. Like it wasn't like the the Aguilar fight where you know dude went to war and won a war. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Luis Ramos, like he tried though. But jeez, like talk about a brutal knockout. Like that was vicious. Yeah, that was that was a vicious KO. That yeah, was, that was a vicious highlight reel KO. Yeah, like yeah, that was yeah, like honestly, Top Rank needs to throw all like needs to needs to throw him in a in a tough fight afterwards. Like Duke could probably handle that type of fight. Yeah, they were one forty on Top Rank, like. It seems like you know, you know, for the longest time they had a one of the stronger um, stables, but it feels like it's top heavy or, or like you know, prospect level, and, and Delgado's kind of in the middle. He's like, like my term, prospender. He's like, he, you know, he's not ready for the fight the Teofimos and the Jose Ramirez is. I mean, maybe he could fight Jose Ramirez and win, but I'm just saying like, but he's also not. He's too high of a risk for like a Tiger Johnson and some of those guys. That one, you know what I mean? That one mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. He's kind of, but yeah, like but, if Barboza was there, real quick. If Barboza was there, that'd be the perfect fight. But Barboza left, that'd be the perfect fight to make. But Barboza yeah, no, Barboza. I, I don't know. Barboza right now. I don't know what he's planning to do because, like, yeah, dude is just like all over the place now. Like he, he's a free agent, but yeah, he he isn't. He's, he's not doing shit right now. So it's just like, you know, what do you, what do you, what are you gonna do <laughs> with that? You know, but um, top rank, however, um, did. Did have a gem of a fight, and this is and this is and this is one of the fights that doesn't necessarily happen all that often on top rank cards because you know when we talk about top rank cards, it's always like I want to say they're jobber festivals, but we get a lot of WWF superstar type fights. You know, we get you get the star, and then you get someone who may be a jobber or a jobber to the stars, and you think okay, they're supposed to win. This one was a fight between two real prospects. With uh, Henry Henry LeBron and William Foster III, and you know William Foster III, ironically, is the man that took the zero of one Edwin De Los Santos on Showbox, who is gonna, who of course is gonna be fighting next week too. But you think that someone that he took, you know, he took that dude zero, but he's been pretty much fighting in what you call obscurity. Yeah, he was on Pro Box a couple three months ago, getting a nice knockout, um, like literally, like less three months ago. More, right. more, you know, two months ago, and um, you know, this was a big fight for him. He's thirty. I didn't realize till last week he was about thirty years old. I thought he was still a younger, you know, prospect. But this was like kind of like a damn, a do or die. Um, this was yeah. yeah William Foster is, is a guy from my area of Connecticut. Like, you know, he's a town over from me. Like, I was like, you know, so it's like he's probably he's probably one of Connecticut's le- like probably one of Connecticut's like best prospect right now in terms of actually trying to do something. And, 
like I said, William Foster can fight. So like, and what we got was a hell of a fucking fight. Like honestly, like I mean, like this shit was like honestly, it this this if I had to say this was probably the most underrated fight of the year. This is probably it because it, it should really get more attention than what it actually got. Like they actually they fought like one well, they fought it was. It, it was a war, but it was a technical war. Like you could, like you could tell that, like their minds were processing shit like a mile a minute. It was high level, yeah. High yeah. level, high yeah. level fight. I heard LeBron like, was hitting him with the left hooks nonstop. Just the catch yeah. left hooks were landing for LeBron. Yeah, because yeah, because what happened was Foster like would land, land the ropes, try to you know, and not do anything, and it was landing LeBron like hit him with all types of hooks and shit like that. And and also the body shots too. A ghost got to mention that too. Like that was the secret for that was the secret for LeBron actually winning the fight. He went to Foster's body early and kept going to the body and dude just wore down. Like it, it was it, like it wasn't like it was just like and he warmed down himself. But Foster though was tough though. He was tough. You know, like he he hung in there and everything like that because there were times that he got hurt and then there was times where, Le, where uh, LeBron got hurt too. But it was just, it, it, it was just, it, it was one of the fights where I was just like, I was standing up, I was like, oh damn! Like, I missed that one. I was hyping it up, so I missed, so like, I, I, like I heard it was really high level, and because um, I've seen Henry Lebron, and he's never looked, you know, because remember that Lebron versus Lebron fight, but this yeah. is probably the best he's seen to look at. The best, he's yeah, seen easily, him. easily, yeah. bro. Easily. Really good, yeah. yeah, like I mean, he like 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 say he won that fight, like you know, he beat Foster because it was a majority decision. Although I don't agree with the ninety nine ninety one, the ninety nine ninety one, it was not. It was not a ninety nine ninety one fight. Like the other scores was ninety six ninety four, and then the draw, which are in the in in the area, but it was not no ninety nine ninety one for, for Henry LeBron. Like, it was not, not at all. That was that was some incompetent judging. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no salute, salute to salute to uh, LeBron. Like honestly, like they can run that back though, and I know Foster because he, I mean, he was just on um. Pro box like two two months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let me. Do you think that um, Henry LeBron is ready for like say Abraham Nova or maybe not yet? Oh yeah, no, he's ready. He's ready. How about Valdez? Valdez kind of old, a little washed now. How about or not yet? Oscar. I wouldn't say Valdez just Oscar Valdez yet. Like, but Nova, Val- Nova would be a good barometer. Abraham Nova would be the. Yeah, player. Abraham Nova would be a really good barometer. But Valdez is a little bit too seasoned right yeah, now. Yeah, he's a little too. Even though he, yeah, he's lost a couple, but yeah, he's still. And uh, I'm just taking a look at Anthony Manzano's question. Who do you guys uh, rather for Foster go against? Cruz, um, Cordina, or Navarrete? Um, Wait, which Cruz? Well, which Cruz are you talking about? Which Cruz are you talking about? Pitbull? You talking about Pitbull? You talking about Pitbull Cruz? Because Pitbull, I mean... He's at 135. He's small, but he's at 135. He's yeah, he's at 135. But between... But between maybe, man, Luis Garcia. Between the three champs, I'd rather see... Navarrete, he's the he's the only one at the one thirty champs I feel like could maybe legitimately challenge Navarrete. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, like if, if a Fos, I, I would welcome a Foster Navarrete fight. Shit, like that's a great fight. That's yeah, great. that's a great fight. I I, I would. Oh, oh Andy, Andy Cruz. Cruz. Oh, um, hmm. I mean, maybe. I mean, Foster's at, at one thirty right now, so I don't, I don't see it right now. But maybe down the line, if he moves up. Yeah, because I mean, Andy Cruz is at one thirty-five right now. So, and, and Cruz, like I said, I mean, right now, I think Cruz is one of the ones I need to see more from. Like, I mean, I know his day like that, but I, I need to see more from. As in, I, I need to see dude 
get some knockouts at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't be, he can't be, you know what I'm saying? Cause I know he's, he is highly talented and quote unquote Keyshawn's daddy, all the people said. And he's talented. I mean, he clearly, he, he 10-0'd, um, or what, Burgos, who's a really, you know, veteran, really good veteran. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fighting, fighting, uh, fighting Burgos, someone uh, dangerous like that and, you know, and winning a decision, that's, you know, I, I can and respect opener, that. And you probably didn't lose a round. You, you got some true talent. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, and he's and he's fighting, um, ta- he's fighting um, Hector Tanahara on the, but, you know, he's, he's Hector Tanahara on the Devin Haney. Uh, you're going to need to, uh, you know, yeah, you need to continue the Cuban school of boxing upgraded because you're going to need to a little bit, you need to get some guys out of there, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be 10-0 with zero knockouts, like, Sky Nichols. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, mean, I crew, but I, I want to see. I want to see if you can, because you know, because so, uh, some of these amateurs, like sometimes, like they do that. But I, I need to see him get some knockouts now, because if, if any crews knocks out Tanahara, it, it it will at least tell me a little something more that he has. Some, you know, he really does have a little. They get to sit down, and actually sit down his punches. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no. But in terms of but but. Yeah, anyone who has not seen um, the LeBron Foster fight, do yourself a favor and go see that. It's highly fucking recommended. <laughs> highly recommended. Um, and then it brings us into the co-main of the card, uh, Raymond Moratala and Diego Torres. Now, Raymond Moratala, you know, I'm sorry, he put his foot in Diego Torres's ass. Like, that wasn't... like. You know, Marta looked like definitely looked like an actual contender in this fight because Torres could punch, but Torres just seemed to have had nothing. Like from the opening bell, like dude was just getting boxed up. Marta was showing him angles, countering, like all hit him with all types of like dude was just dude was ridiculous. Uh, Pilot, did you see this fight? I know you. Um, yeah, I definitely saw this fight. I mean, I've been high on Marta. I think Marta has been. You know, enter the top ten lightweights. Um, you know, discussion on the back half of the top ten and creeping up. Um, I thought Tim Bradley was was um, going a little too crazy with the ride and pause. <laughs> um, Tim Bradley was going a little too crazy with. It. I mean, I know the guy Torres is, uh, was undefeated Mexican power puncher. He had nothing for him from the get go. You could tell. I know that. You know, he was a club right. level, club level. You know, eighteen and type of guy. Nothing's wrong with that. But there's levels. Muratelos with Robert Garcia. Has true power. I know he got dropped a few fights ago, but he's improved since then. Um, but at the same time, the, some of the hype he's getting all of a sudden for that's a little much. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I was thinking because yeah, because yeah, because you know something with the Mexican fights, it's either if you see an if you see an eighteen and zero with seventeen knockouts record, it's either they're like a, a Navarrete before they got signed to Samson, or type, or they're just you know the fight they're knocking out club fighters. You know, because like I said, you know, but in this part of the case, it didn't look like Torres didn't have nothing for Martel. And Martel, but, I mean, but I mean, Martel is still a son. You know, he didn't get hit. You know, I was saying he he blocked the flawless performance. So I'm not going to hate on him. It was a great performance, but no, it, it really was. You know, I, I I honestly didn't think it was going to be that one sided like it was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect it to be one. I mean, again, I might, we might have seen Torres on a. On a Pro box or some sort of club card, but I, you know, I've never, I don't know what to expect, but I didn't expect an asshole like that. So I mean, it's a performance. From, from I don't know. Like when Mortal finally put him down, probably dropped him. Yeah, that that, that was uh, that was uh, that, that was a wrap. <laughs> Meeting was a little premature. It was a good stoppage. No, it was a good stoppage. Torres that took it was it, it was eight rounds. Torres was taking took eight, eight rounds of a steady beating. 
Yeah, he didn't like. I had no problem with that stoppage. Like he, they needed to pull him out. I didn't either. But Tim Bradley's dick riding was a little too, was a little annoying. Yeah, Tim. I don't know, Tim. Like ever since Andre Ward, you know, got uh, dismissed from Top Rank, he's been sort of pretty bad, right? <laughs> yeah, his commentary has been borderline wild. Like, yeah, I used to fuck with Timmy Tough, and then lately, I don't know. Lately, it's just like, jeez, bro. What are you doing? Yeah, it's like, I mean, because it, it's almost taking me back to the days when it was him and Teddy Atlas. And, you know, because he, he was giving me this, because in a way, because he was, he was giving me the vibes, like, you know, obviously, you know, when, you know, when he did, when him and Teddy did commentary for Pacquiao, Jeff Horn, and you could tell that both these guys had been drinking and were in the sun too long. <laughs> and, you know, and, and they were saying all types of wild shit, like, you know, and, you know, you know, fucking Bradley, of course, with his Japan's. And I was like, "Word, Tim, like this." You know, we we going back to that 1930s racism that you find in the Looney Tunes cartoons. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude was wild. And then you know, when he got paired with Andre Ward and in Tessator, you know, he, he dialed back, and you know, was you know, his commentary improved. But now yeah. I think it's just he, he, I don't know what he, I don't know what he's doing now with his commentary. It's like he's, he he took over. I mean, because I know Ward sometimes would show a little bit, with, you know, the HBO influence. But he kind of went OD lately. I mean, you don't think he was being a little overbearing on, on Murtaugh a little bit the way he's saying. Oh, he was. Yeah, he, he was. It's not the it's not the only time too. Like that, and and motherfucker was obsessed with Keyshawn Davis taking an L. Like. What yeah, yeah, problem? and he also said after like you know the state of boxing show, I'm afraid right now Muratalo will beat Haney. You know, you just, you know, you just saying, yeah, why are you saying that? Why you saying that for? You know, like you, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, dude, like, bruh, like I get it, top ranks, but you can't be out here on some Homer shit. Like, you gotta, you gotta tone Maybe because he's down. with ProBox now, and ProBox has more freedom of speech because he's not be watching some ProBox. You know, some of their common, you know, some of their videos with with Paulie and um, Chris. I'll yeah, he, yeah, he does. He does show up on there, doesn't he? And now he's no. I think him and him and um, Atlas are actually signed, quote unquote, signed to them, so they're they're on a lot of the X segments, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just I was like, damn, Timmy, like, it was like yeah. and then of course it's that, and then motherfucker would be on some random shit, like nigga calling himself hot chocolate with two T's and shit like that. Like, come on, bro, like, what are we doing? <laughs> it's like, what is your problem? <laughs> and then the, and then the, you know they they'll show him like vibing with the music and shit like that. Like, I get it. Like, you know, Timmy, like. Like I think Timmy now is I think he's either just trying to adjust without having an Andre Ward, you know, to play you know the straight man to what he does, or he's overcompensating and has to just go overboard with it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he doesn't have any chemistry with Tessator or something like that. Like, yeah, they need another. They need somebody. They need they need a, a third or fourth mic or whatever. Yeah, like you know, because like I say, when he was paired with Teddy, Teddy himself can Terry can Teddy can carry uh, a product. Of course, top rank, you know, he's he's pretty much done with HB, ESPN and commenting on regular boxing like that. So it's just like, yeah, they they do need somebody there. Like, because so, I feel like the, someone in there that's that can vibe with Timmy, but also can try to keep some of his silly shit. Like, and I was like, Jesus Christ, bro! Like, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> You know, but um, but yeah, though. But it take us to our our main event with Fa Ajaba and Joe Goodall. And I'll, I'll say this too, because a couple of fights ago, like the, the fight, before the fight he had with the uh, with uh, Kasabuski, you know, Bob Aram 
did an interview where he where he where he publicly called out FA Jumbo for not being exciting or anything like that. And usually that's very rare for that's very rare for um for Bob Arum to do. Like he per, he called him out his, his his name and everything and said like yeah no he needs to be more exciting than this than for because you know when you start getting that you you start getting you know. Because uh, top rank has been known to let people go just off one bad loss, like you know, to, because that's why that's why you have Elvis Rodriguez, like you know that, or someone who didn't even lose yet, like Edgar Belenga, like you know, it's facts, true though. Yeah, so I, so there, and you know, FA Jabba, you know, before it was you know, I fought on PBC, and then you know, the whole change happened, and then you know, he's on top rank. So pretty much, like you know, he was forced to like fight in a way that's more exciting. Like the Kasabuski fight was an exciting fight. It was absolutely exciting, you know. Outside of the whole, let, uh, let me, let me, how many times can I get hit in the balls type of thing, you know? Because Kasabuski, you know, was a head case and wanted out of the fight. But this time, it, I think FA Jabba put together his possibly his best professional performance like to date. Like yeah, that jab was on like that jab was a battering ram, and I mean I know he's improved since the Frank Sanchez since he lost to Frank Sanchez, but he's this kind of I mean maybe it's the level he's facing, but this this like showed a lot of the most improvement. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he was like the the jabs he mixed in the right hands, the uppercuts, and Goodall like although I mean he was firing back though, but Joseph Goodall clearly did not have good enough defense because F.A. Jabba. Is a guy that you know is a heavy-handed guy, is an extremely heavy-handed guy. So mm-hmm. he's not, and you know, and shout out, to, shout out to Johnny Rice. You know, Johnny Rice. You know, um, Johnny um, would tell me too, like over and over again, how heavy-handed dude was, because you know he's he sparred with him and he's fought him before. Like I'm thinking to myself, like he should be taking. Goodall was taking these shots clean, and as early as like round two, you see his legs. Kind of like you know, he was buckling all over the place. Third round, he, he was badly, you know, Gudo was badly getting his ass beat. He did like he didn't. Um, he had no confidence the whole fight because that jab. Yeah, because it's been a, it's been a while since the jab but got a knockout. You know, um, it feels like um, it, it does because after that Frank Chance fight, because I mean, I was there when he fought Stephen Shaw, and I and I remember I was there and I was, and I was disappointed because I was like. Like, where's the guy that was one-punching some of these guys, getting them out of there? Like, really, like, there, there was nothing, like, none. Like, the fire was gone. But, yeah, yeah, I think he just, he was a little more reluctant and scared of the power, I guess. Or, you know, I mean, something like that. Because, you know, right. Goodall was able to walk through Stephen Shaw, you know, common opponent they had. Um, yeah. And get him out of there. Not thought to play the triangle theory, but um, he just looked like he just didn't. Yeah, well, Jabba was just a little too much for <laughs> him. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there was a clear level, and Goodall, although you know, Goodall, I mean, Goodall will probably be an interesting heavyweight to keep around, keep, keep him in fights like this. But yeah, FA Jabba clearly showed that he was on a different level from him, and FA Jabba in the fourth round, like when he when he, went, he like he pretty much he, he like he he he. he Pretty much finished dude off in the fourth row with uppercuts and the jab and the right hand. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this shit, it, shit was crazy. Like, you think that was a um, premature? That was also a good. That was that was decent. That was a good stoppage yeah. because 
Because the funny thing is, too, if Gudoha actually went down and actually cleared his head, it, you know, it would have been one thing. But dude was rocking and rolling all over the ring. Like, he was gone. Like, he was he had no legs and everything like that. And it's only so it's only so long a ref is, gonna, a referee is going to actually allow that shit to go on without yeah, him firing he, he back. He was legging for a hot second, for sure. Yeah, he was, he was on the on the noodle legs for a minute, so. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, there, I There was nothing wrong with that stoppage because... It all, all it was was delaying the, if Goodall wasn't, if Goodall wasn't gonna go down, I, I, I could see F.A. and Jabba lining him up for, uh, for what, for like a coup de gras type of shot and to really <laughs> lay him out. Oh, yeah. It would have, it would have been bad for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, there, there, I have, there's absolutely positively nothing wrong with that stoppage. So, like I said, F.A. and Jabba, at least, you know, cause like I said, cause top rank needs, uh, top rank needs its heavyweights because right now top rank heavyweights are a mixed bag. Now we have, of course, Fury, who of course is licking his wounds from the whole Ngannou fight, and then you have Jared Anderson, who we just learned of today got arrested for OVI and improperly having firearm in his car, like you know, d- a double whammy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. Top, so top right needs a heavyweight needs a heavyweight now that's at least you know that's you know that that's standing uh, on business like I saw Zhang was there yeah and uh, Zhang obviously was there too I mean that would be a perfect call I mean just imagine I think Zhang obviously is a little much Zhang's older but I mean imagine a job but Zhang is the co-main for a Usyk Fury I mean that's that, that sounds like a super fire you know what I'm saying like I would yeah, no. I would not be mad at that as a co-main at all I would not yeah but I also don't think. Man, yeah, I also don't think that um, Zhang is not interested in fighting FA job. I think Zhang, 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 I think Zhang is wanting his title shot. Yeah, but he but he was there. You know, he was actually at, at the fight. You know, and yeah, he, he was he was there. Yeah, he was interviewed. I think he was interviewed or some shit. But you know, he was he was around. So I mean, yeah, but obviously he saw what happened as Zhang. You see what happened to Joyce. He took his title shot. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, he, he yeah, took his, he, he took his interim. You don't focus. want to be next on that summer jam screen. Yeah, because Zhang realizes how close he is. Because yeah, Zhang is forty years old, and you know I know heavyweights they kind of last a little bit longer, but they don't last that much longer before they really for their physical skills start fading. Like so, facts. You know, he, yeah, he's in a situation now where, I mean, obviously, although he's not next in line to face the Fury Usyk winner. But he's close, and you know, and of course, you know, obviously, if the WBO decides to strip Usyk at any given time, or Usyk gives it up, then you know, then Zhang is the new WBO heavyweight champion. So, mm. yeah, so he's in a position right now, and I don't know. If we, I, and I, I mean, I, personally, I would love to see a Zhang uh, Ajabo fight because that would actually that would be a hell of a fight, and that I mean, that could be like a fight of the yeah. year. Uh, yeah, yeah no, but. Ooh. Would you do a Makhmadov or is he or versus? Because Makhmadov has faced the comms, so would you have Makhmadov face um, a Jabba or is this kind of even less just like I would too Makhmadov because Makhmadov is not learning anything from who he's been facing. Makhmadov is is you know with the exception of I think to calm like yeah the comm, the, the comm fight I watched that it was like it was one of those Canada Friday night cards right to yeah calm. and then with the bounced off with the with the windmill you know like the windmill kept landing no matter what you know what I'm saying it was like damn. Yeah, like I mean, I think I, I mean with Mark, I think they need to get Makhmadov into the swing of things, and they also need to. 
Like, uh, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Zayn can't be inactive forever, so I know they're gonna put him in the ring with somebody. But yeah, like FA Jabba, now you can add him there. Like you can, you can make interesting fights with all these guys. You can maybe, absolutely maybe make interesting fights. not one of the weaker divisions right now. I mean, you know, like heavyweights kind of deep, somewhat. Well, heavyweights it's weak because these guys are not really not fighting. fighting. I mean, there's, there, but there's a good a good selection of you know ten plus fighters in the division is what I mean. Yeah, no, there is, but I mean, heavy, they either are not fighting or they're not or they're having all types of glitches. And, you know, like I said, Fury was the last heavyweight around that wasn't glitching, and then he almost lost to a debuting MMA fighter. So it's yeah, like, yeah, all these heavyweights, all they're 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 heavily flawed. And usually with heavily flaws, either they're talented and they're do- or they're just or they're flawed and you know they're fun and they'll go fight and they'll fight anyone the way they need to. So yeah, straight up. But uh, but yeah, though, no, shout out to FA Java. You know, for the, that was a, that was a good win and you know it capped off a, a pretty good night of uh, top ranked boxing. Like you know it wasn't you know it wasn't a struggle or anything like that. Though it was actually a good it was actually a good. But like I said, they weren't big cards, so I get it. People were probably like, you know, it was like status quo, like you know, it was like it came and went. But they were entertaining for what they were, and like so sometimes you need that. Um, you do, you definitely, you definitely, you definitely need that. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at Anthony Manzano's comments again. Cuban school of boxing is basically the, the boxing that Eastern European fighters use. Yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, like if you ever heard us in the past, like we've. We've had less than you know, less than uh, positive enthusiasm about the Cuban style school of boxing. Although we do believe that it is making a comeback. <laughs> like yeah, I said, but I mean, you got guys like Morel, you know, who's like kind of remixing the school. It's like he's turned to a charter school, you know, like he's you know getting some. Yeah, out. yeah, because most because I think most of the Cuban fighters today are more offensive than what what's typical. Because usually most Cuban fighters are. Like, like when we think about Cuban fighters, I think Arislani Laura is who we think of. Like that's Cuban style, basic a, a one two, yeah, <laughs> you know, like a one yeah. two or you know or a one three or some shit like that. Well, like, young Willis, you know, a young Laura, because now Laura became like a stationary knockout artist, counterpunch that type shit. Yeah, now, but the one fifty four Laura was yeah, that's what yeah, either that or the Bartholomew brothers. Like you know, like yeah, that's what you think in. Like I said, the connotation behind that is, and of course, Rigo and all that. Like they all were fighting somewhat too similar, and it wasn't entertaining. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, yeah. Because so, Rigo would knock him nigga out, but it'd be boring until he did. <laughs> it'd be kind of boring, real boring until he did. Usually, facts. No, ab- absolutely facts. It would absolutely be boring. You know, and and and, and, and Rigo is never. But you know, I, I can go off on Rigo, but I don't want to go off on Rigo. Right? I know Rigo right now is trying to resurrect his career after you know, after coming back from what probably should have been a career-ending freak accident with his eyes and a, and a steam cooker. <laughs> so, um, but then Anthony, when he looked at Raymundo, I don't. It must be Ray Moratala. He's a mixture of Esteban de Jesus and Miguel Cotto. Uh, yeah. That's an interesting combination. Miguel Cotto and Esteban de Jesus. You know what? I mean, I was, I've, I've seen more than enough Esteban de Jesus fights. 
But I might, I might actually have to run. I might actually run back some highlights just to see if I can see what you're talking about from. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Miguel Miguel Cotto was well, prime Miguel Cotto. I'm not talking about the Miguel Cotto kind of disgraced himself near the end of his career, but um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Cotto, the Cotto of like 140 and 147 was a vicious Cotto. Like that yeah, was, he was, yeah, he was. Yeah, like super vicious. But I don't ever, I don't ever. Yeah, well, De Jesus did get, definitely had the movements. Uh, Kodo was not a guy that did uh, that that gave angles. That wasn't his type of fighting. <laughs> yeah, Kodo was very versatile, man. I, I like Kodo. I mean, yeah, he, he was a very versatile fighter. But yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Kodo was a was a was a converted southpaw and very versatile. Okay, like. Bro loved would brawl with you, like you know, and like uh, you know, Kodo was something was something different. Was something one forty one forty seven Kodo was a beast. Um, yeah. yeah. And let's see, can you blame Raimundo Raymond for the lack of competition he has in Mexico? That is professional levels. Are we talking about the same person? Like Raymond uh, Muratala's been in. He's, he's been fighting in the U.S. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. What, like, like, keep waiting for, yeah. No, Remy Martinez has been fighting in the U.S. As far as I know, he yeah, yeah, he's, he's with RGBA, he's with the Robert Garcia School of Boston Academy. So he's gonna, you know, he's he's been, he's, you know, I think a good fight maybe him versus Maxi Hughes, even though people think it's kind of boring. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Maxi Hughes and Cambosas need to fight again, but I think Cambosas wants no parts of Maxi Hughes. <laughs> Like not even a little bit. Yeah, because everyone keeps telling him that he escaped. He, he escaped with that win. He got that. He got. He got a gift and everything. You know, I, I, I can't. I can't see. I can't see that fight happening again. I like I said. I don't think Cambosas even wants that fight. <laughs> oh man, 